This episode was made possible by the generous support of listeners like you. For more information, please visit patreon.com slash author Chris Lester. I strive to make this podcast a safe and inclusive place for my listeners. If I've missed any content warnings, please let me know. Content warnings for this episode include strong language, mature themes, and references to female-female sex, BDSM relationships, and various sex toys. You're listening to The Raven and the Writing Desk, the weekly podcast about the writings of Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. This is episode 329. Hey there, folks. Welcome back to The Raven and the Writing Desk. I'm your host, Chris Lester. You can learn more about me and my work at chrisluster.org and metamorecity.com. This is the show where I share my fresh new fiction with you. I'll also tell you the latest on my life and my writing. More on that later in the show. But first, let's get to this week's story. Today I'm bringing you Chapter 12 of Honor Bound by L.C. Williams. If you're new to the show, go back to episode 318 to hear this story from the beginning. The following recap will contain spoilers. In last week's episode, Honor was enjoying a quiet morning at home after the excitement of the debutante's ball. She was visited by Natasha Volkova, the house Hassan guard with whom she shared an intimate encounter during the ball. Strangely, Natasha was wearing the uniform of an army veteran, not a house guard, and she carried a full duffel bag over one shoulder. Natasha returned Honor's amulet to her, which she had mistakenly believed that Honor had stolen. She also admitted that her dreams last night were full of vivid sexual fantasies, so apparently Honor was telling the truth about that as well. Honor was willing to forgive Natasha for her mistake, having realized that the woman was just doing her job. She was dismayed when she found out that Natasha had just been sacked, not for mistakenly detaining Honor, but for taking her behind a locked door into her own bedroom. A romantic liaison between a noblewoman and a house guard is a major scandal, and even though neither Natasha nor Honor has told anyone about what they did, even the appearance of impropriety is enough to make Natasha a liability. Honor felt guilty for her role in Natasha losing her job. She noticed the medal on Natasha's uniform, which she is wearing because she hopes it will help her get a bed at the veteran's shelter. The Order of Valor is given only for acts of exceptional courage in battle. Honor remembered what Alex said before the ball. Those who go to war leave a part of themselves behind, and they will need more than a hero's welcome to find it again. Honor offered to let Natasha stay at their apartment as her guest, until she can find another job. After a long moment's hesitation, Natasha answered, her voice thick with emotion. That is very generous. Thank you, Lady Honor. I accept. Honor Bound The House of Bellevue Book One Written by L.C. Williams Narrated by Vivian Ferrari Chapter 12 Negotiations 
The next several hours were a tangle of confusing emotions for Natasha. She had been fully prepared to walk into Lady Honor's garden and find the cold, remote beauty who had glided out of her bedroom last night. After the lurid sexual fantasies that had filled her dreams, she had been forced to admit that perhaps Honor had been telling the truth all along, which meant that she was fully justified to be furious at Natasha. She had expected the exchange of the necklace to be quick and businesslike, with perhaps a few cutting remarks directed at Natasha for her foolishness. But that wasn't what had happened. Honor had been gentle and kind, and to Natasha's surprise, she had found herself opening up to the lady about her predicament. Then Honor had surprised her even more by welcoming her into her home as a guest. Natasha had almost declined. The lady's behavior confused her, and that made it difficult for Natasha to judge her intentions. Did Honor intend to toy with her, to manipulate her into fulfilling more of her own forbidden urges? Was she simply pitying Natasha and offering her a place to stay to assuage her own guilt? Or had she made the offer out of plain kindness and generosity? Natasha did not know her well enough to say. Part of her wanted to refuse the offer and just walk away from the whole baffling situation. But that wasn't the smart play, and Natasha knew it. The city was flooded with war veterans struggling to reintegrate into peacetime society, and many of them were not doing well. Natasha had been extremely lucky to get the job at Hassan Manor. Now that she had been fired, she was unlikely to be so fortunate a second time, especially if she were living in an overcrowded shelter and showed up at interviews with rumpled clothes and a week of sweat clinging to her. Staying with Lady Honor would give her a tremendous advantage in her search, and she would be a fool to turn it down. And if Lady Honor did intend to extract some favor from her in return for this charity, well, Natasha had done worse things for money. Fighting a war, for instance. So, Natasha followed quietly at Honor's heels while she fluttered around the apartment, speaking to the servants and making arrangements. The footman who had answered the door, Simmons, Honor called him, did not seem pleased at the news that Natasha was staying, but he went and prepared one of the spare bedrooms for her use. Natasha pulled the clothes out of her duffel bag, dividing them into piles of clean and dirty for the maids to deal with. She gave special attention to her army dress uniform. It was the finest piece of clothing she owned, made of wool in a darker green than the fatigues she currently wore. She had carefully folded and rolled it before packing this morning, but it had still picked up a few wrinkles from being carried across town in the duffel bag. She wished she still had the steamer trunk she had used at Hassan Manor, but like nearly everything else, that had been the Duke's property, not hers. At Honor's instruction, she handed the uniform off to a valet, who took it away to be pressed. You should wear that to dinner tonight, Honor said. My father will be very impressed. He thinks a great deal of soldiers. Natasha grimaced. Is hot and itchy, she groused. And if I get stains on it, it will cost small fortune to clean. Well, of course, Honor said, as if this were of no consequence. One doesn't wear fancy clothes because they're comfortable. They're to make an impression. 
think of my dress last night. Dress looked better hung over chair, Natasha said, flashing her a hungry smile. Honor smiled back, looking embarrassed but pleased, and said nothing more on the matter. After that, they went down to the kitchen, where the staff quickly put together a luncheon of cold cuts, blood sausage, bread, cheese, apples, and small beer. They sat on stools at one of the kitchen counters while they ate, and Honor regaled the cooks and scullery maids with stories of the debutante's ball. Natasha was surprised to see a noblewoman talking to servants like they were her aunts, uncles, and cousins, but gradually she realized that these were probably the people whom Honor knew best. Growing up on a country estate, she likely would not have had many friends her own age, and certainly not of her own class. That would change now that she had debuted into Metamore society, but for now, at least, Honor remained close to them. Though not too close. Natasha noted with some amusement that Honor edited out any mention of the most stimulating parts of the evening— one of the younger scullery maids asked Honor if she had met any handsome gentlemen, at which Honor averted her eyes and declined to answer, the tips of her ears turning red. That, of course, led to rampant speculation about which of the young lordlings had caught her eye. Natasha chimed in and offered her own blunt opinions on several of these men, and then on the women and androgynes as well. This led to a bawdy account of certain misadventures her unit had gotten up to while overseas. Honor herself seemed delighted and scandalized in equal measure, especially when Natasha told them about a short, dark-haired, and pretty young songafilder she had ravished in the back of a supply truck. Unlike the villagers back home, the Metamorians did not seem either surprised or disgusted that Natasha preferred women. Honestly, you're better off, said Ruth a plump, matronly cook in her sixties. I've had three husbands in my time, and what none of them who could do with their things what my friend Bessie did with her mouth and fingers. Honor and a few of the younger maids gasped at this, but Natasha just grinned at the old woman and nodded knowingly. Ruth lowered her voice to a conspiratorial tone and leaned toward Honor, adding, Don't tell your father I said that. I wouldn't dream of it, Honor said, laughing and blushing even harder. But she continued shooting little glances at Natasha for the rest of the meal. After lunch, they went down to the front hall to see what calling cards Honor might have received during the morning. The silver bowl meant to hold them was empty, however, and Honor's face fell visibly when Simmons confirmed that nothing had arrived. I don't understand. Honor murmured, her expression distant and hurt. I had thought noble Alex, at least. Natasha had no advice to offer on this front. She excused herself and went up to her bedroom to get settled in. To her surprise, Honor followed her. The little woman lingered in the doorway of the room, her small, delicate hands rubbing one over the other. So, my room is just down the hall? she said, nodding in that direction. I'll be here all day, apparently, so don't hesitate to knock if you need anything. Natasha nodded. Thank you, Lady Honor. Honor smiled shyly. You can just call me Honor when it's the two of us. Natasha smiled back. All right. 
Honor, then. She turned back to her duffel and started pulling out the rest of her possessions, laying them out neatly on the bedspread. Now that the maids had come through and picked up her clothes, Natasha herself could tend to the more interesting things in her bag. Honor noticed the coil of rope as Natasha pulled it out. She took a step toward it, as if drawn by some magnetic force. Her aquamarine eyes were wide and bright with curiosity. Natasha looked up at her and smirked. If you are going to stay, please shut door. Belatedly, Honor looked back over her shoulder, and her expression turned dismayed as she realized her oversight. Oh, of course. She stepped quickly back to the door, peered out left and right to make sure no one was within earshot, then pulled it closed. Her fingers lingered over the knob for the privacy lock, then decisively twisted it shut. Maple is a terrible gossip, she said frankly, as she crossed the room and sat down on the edge of the bed. I'd rather not give her the chance to see something she shouldn't. Natasha chuckled at this, and continued setting out her toys in a neat line. She had been collecting them since her time in Songafield, when she had happened into a temple dedicated to the fertility goddess Suspira. The priestesses had broadened her horizons significantly, and a large percentage of her payroll had gone to the artisans at the temple gift shop. She found even more since arriving in Metamore. The nobility here might be prudish and self-conscious, but the Sensualist Guild had been here for a thousand years, and they did very good work. With Natasha's permission, Honor studied each of the toys carefully, her fascination evident. Natasha explained each object's purpose in turn. There were three different dildos, a double-ended one made of rubber, a strap-on with a leather harness, and a handheld one with a clitoral stimulator. She also had several ribbons and blindfolds, long feathers, leather cuffs for ankles and wrists, a ball gag, a suspension harness, and a variety of clamps, crops, switches, paddles, and floggers. Lastly, she pulled out a bottle of lubricating ointment, a special alchemical substance that had cost her half a month's paycheck. It was guaranteed to remain slippery for hours, and unlike cooking oil or petroleum jelly, it would not damage the toys over time. I had no idea there were so many different ways to... to give pleasure, Honor said, sounding dazed. She picked up a riding crop again, struck it lightly against the palm of her other hand. But doesn't this hurt? It hurts, Natasha said. But the pain is its own kind of pleasure. Honor gave her a baffled look at this, and she tried to explain. Discipline is one part of relationship between dominant and submissive. These are sensualist words, she added off Honor's look. They are also called mistress and slave, or top and bottom, or many other things, but it is the same idea. One commands, the other obeys. If submissive disobeys or makes mistake, there is discipline. This restores relationship, and this is pleasant for both. She considered a moment, then added, and sometimes it's just for play, not punishment. 
Sensualists say that pain releases chemicals in brain that increase pleasure, make other kinds of touch feel better. I do not understand this science, but the fact is real. It's difficult to believe until you experience for yourself. Honor said nothing in response to this for a long time, and Natasha began moving things from the bed to the dresser drawers. When she had finished putting away everything else, she extended a hand to Honor for the crop. Honor started to hand it to her, but then she paused. Very well, she said, and her voice trembled a little as she spoke the words. I accept. Natasha cocked her head at her. I would like to experience for myself, Honor said. She extended the crop to Natasha. If you are willing, I mean. A slow grin spread over Natasha's face. What? We did not get in enough trouble already. Honor snorted a laugh. When she spoke, there was a note of bitter irony in her words. You are unemployed, and I am a lady alone in a strange city, with no friends and nothing to do. I fail to see how we could make our circumstances any worse. Privately, Natasha thought this spoke to a failure of imagination. As anyone from Vyesharad could tell you, circumstances could always be worse. But she thought back to last night, when she'd had this lovely woman squealing and panting under her hands, and a thrill of arousal ran through her. There was so much more they could have done— so much more Natasha could have shown her. Now they had time, they had privacy, they had a much bigger bed, and as Honor had pointed out, Natasha had already been fired. There was another thing anyone from Vyasharad could tell you. Because circumstances could always be worse, you should enjoy the good things while they lasted. In a few days, or a week, Natasha would find work, or Lord Bellevue would tire of his daughter's house guest and send her packing. Once that happened, she would probably never see Honor again. Best to seize the moment while they could. Natasha stepped forward and took the riding crop from Honor's trembling hand. The tiny woman looked up at her, eyes wide, pupils dilated with excitement. Natasha reached up with her other hand and cupped the palm of her hand to Honor's face. She traced her thumb lightly over her lips and heard Honor's breath catch. She leaned down and kissed her, gently and chastely, then looked directly into her eyes. I will do this, she said, but first we talk. She stepped back again, then sat down on the edge of the bed, she patted the place beside her in invitation. Honor seemed a little disoriented. Talk about what? But she sat down beside Natasha, and they turned to face each other. Rules, Natasha said. What we are doing, it breaks rules of society. We must make our own rules instead. Honor frowned. Can't we just... Just explore together? Do what feels right? There is some of that, Natasha said. But this is... 
how you say. Acting. We play parts. She pointed with the crop at the door into the hallway. Out there, you are lady. You are mistress. I am commoner. I am servant. She brought the crop back between them again, gesturing first to herself and then to Warner. In here, I am mistress, and you are servant. I give you pleasure and pain as I wish. You do what I say. But is all acting. We must have ways to tell each other when scene is over, or must change, or if there are things we must not do, because you would not feel safe. Understand? Slowly, Honor nodded. I think so. She looked down at the crop, and her tongue darted quickly over her lips. I... I want to experience this with you, but I'm also afraid of pain. Good, Natasha said gently. This means you are sane, duh? That got a small nervous chuckle out of honor, and Natasha smiled. Most important rule is what sensualists call safe word. It is word you would not normally say during scene. If you say it, we stop. We talk about what you are feeling. Maybe we change scene, or slow down, or stop for good. She pointed at honor with her empty hand. Remember, I am only acting as mistress. I have no power that you do not give me. This is very important lesson. Submissive is always in control. You can always stop. This is my solemn promise to you. Honor nodded again. That... that helps. Thank you. Of course, Natasha said. What safe word will we use? Honor seemed to consider this. A word I wouldn't normally say. After a moment, her expression brightened, and a bit of pink filled her cheeks. Oh, what about butterfly? Natasha grinned. This is good, she said. Because butterfly brought us together, da? Honor nodded again. What else do we need to talk about? Limits, Natasha said. Things you will not do. Things I must never do. Oh, Honor said. She seemed to puzzle over this one. Well, goodness, I don't know. What sort of limits does one usually ask for? Natasha shrugged. Is different for everyone. For example, I will not play with piss or shit. Honor's eyes went wide. People do that? For... for sex? They do, Natasha said. For me, it reminds me too much of farm back home. Not sexy. Honor shuddered. I dare say not. I also will not draw blood on purpose, Natasha continued. If I do so by accident, we stop and bandage. I saw in war what infection does. I will not risk this. Thank you, Honor said seriously. She frowned again, her eyes going distant. I think 
It's very important that we keep this private between us. My mother's indiscretions nearly ruined the reputation of our house. I can't risk doing the same. Agreed, Natasha said. So, no telling others. No acting like mistress and servant where others can see or hear. She reached up and caressed the side of Honor's face again. And no leaving marks where someone could see. Honor leaned into her touch, her eyes fluttering briefly closed. Yes, she said, the word coming out as a contented sigh. Yes, that all seems right. She turned her head, lightly kissed Natasha's hand. Mm, I think that's enough rules for now. Natasha continued touching her, gently tracing up to Honor's scalp, then down the line of her neck to the clavicle and back again. All right. If anything ever does not feel right, use safe word and we will talk more. I will, Honor promised. You are ready to enter scene now? Natasha asked. Remember, once we begin... I am mistress. You will call me this, or ma'am. If you do not speak to me with proper respect, I will punish you. She raised the riding crop in warning. And I can be very creative. Honor's eyes went wide, but Natasha could see the hungry look inside them. She tried to look serious and earnest, but the hint of a smile curved her lips. I understand, she said. I am ready, mistress. And that's the end of chapter 12. Come back next time when Honor gets a taste of pain and pleasure from her new mistress. The House of Bellevue will be released at a rate of one chapter per week for 51 weeks. If you're enjoying this story and would like to listen to it faster... All three volumes are available now on Amazon and Audible. To learn more about these characters and their world, please visit www.authorlcwilliams.com. Now it's time to check in on my writing endeavors. Here's your weekly writing report. This update covers the week of May 14th through May 20th. I didn't get any writing done this week. I spent a big chunk of my free time finishing my edits for Abigail Hilton's new Hunter's novel, Arcove's Bright Side, which should be on sale by the time you read this. This is a fantastic new novel in the world of Lydian, and I think fans of my work will enjoy it greatly. I certainly did. This week I changed tactics on my advertising campaign. After consulting with one of my close writing friends, who has had a lot more success with self-publishing than I have, I suspended all of my Amazon ads and purchased spots in several promotional newsletters. These are email services, similar to BookBub, that notify readers about free and reduced-price ebooks in genres they're interested in. I've set up a promotional five-day giveaway for Honor Bound, which is going to run from June 4th through June 8th, and then purchased spots with several different newsletters on consecutive days of the giveaway. If all goes well, this will inspire a large group of new readers to give the series a try. 
Some of those readers will go on to buy the other books in the series, and some will buy the Audible narration as an add-on for their free ebook. The cost of advertising in one of these newsletters varies from around $15 on the low end to $95 on the high end, so even using a bunch of them is much cheaper than running a cost-per-click ad on Amazon. I'll let you know how it goes in a few weeks, once I've had a chance to judge the effects of the promotion. If you'd like to share your thoughts about the show, send your feedback in text or audio to metamorecityfeedback at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, dial area code 641-715-3900, then enter extension 255-082, followed by the pound sign. My Facebook is facebook.com slash author Chris Lester. The fan group is fans of Metamore City on Facebook, and our Discord server is Metamore City. I'm there pretty often, so come say hi. If you like this show, please consider leaving a review at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser.com. It really helps people find the show. That's all for this week. I'll be back next time with more fresh new fiction. Until then, keep it on the bright side. This is Chris Lester, signing out. The contents of this podcast are copyright 2022 by Chris Lester and Liminal Corvid Press. The show is released under a Creative Commons, attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. So don't change it, don't sell it, but feel free to share it all you like. For more information about this license, please visit creativecommons.org.